Well, hello, kids, and welcome to episode number five of Beaver Bites, our special format of the Eager Beaver podcast for election 44. I'm here with Mr. Grizzly. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing today? Well, I'm uh, a little tired, not going to lie, but only because it's, it's what time is it? It's uh, 10.30 on a Sunday evening. What, what's the date today? Uh, September 12th. Yeah. Sunday, September 12th, 10.30. This that we've uh, ever started a recording. Yeah, this, it is the latest we've ever started. And uh, I, I've, I've been basically running with like a chicken with my head cut off for the last four or five days. Uh, and this weekend, I've not had really much of a minute to sit down. I think uh, Saturday, um, I was out running around in the morning. I came home for lunch. I had a bite to eat. And I'm like, I'm going to lie down for 30 minutes. That turned into 15 minutes. And then I was up again <laughs> doing laundry, getting stuff done. And then went over and helped out a buddy. He just got a new big TV. So it's like, take the old one down, move that, put the new mount up. Well, we had to go get a mount, put the new mount up, mount the new TV, get it all set up. And he's like, what? And I go, no, give me the remote. Damn it. This is what I do for a living. Let me fix this. <laughs> then he's asking me, what about this? What about that? And I go, okay, that's consumer stuff. I only work with pro gear. So you're on your own. Good luck. <laughs> like I only work with professional gear. So I, what he got was really nice. And I, 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 took it to the limit of what I know, but now it's like, I don't, I don't know what any of this stuff is because the stuff I install is just professional monitors. They're not smart TVs. What I install, it's just a monitor. There's no tuner. There's no television. It's just a screen, right? That means, right? Well, yeah, well, this has all these applications and like, I think he's got about 50 or 60 channels directly from Samsung. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah. he's got, he says, I have one channel. It's called the Baywatch channel. It just shows Baywatch. <laughs> you know what this means, right? What? It means that you're part of the elite now. You can't relate to us common folk. No, he has that, not me. No, no, that you you don't work on the cheap stuff. Oh, well, my job requires I only work on commercial product, right? For boardroom stuff. <laughs> Can set up an entire like boardroom meeting for a teleconference for 30 people all across Canada I can't mm -hmm. set the VCR to noon. <laughs> Basically is what it boils down to. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's not far from the truth. <laughs> He's like, what is this? I have no idea. I've never, what do you mean you haven't seen it before? This is a consumer product. I don't work with this thing. You plebe. <laughs> I didn't say that. Actually with him, I would, but uh, because he does that to me all the time. He's a programmer. I'm like, well, you're a programmer. Program this shit up. Make it work. Oh, oh. So, as you can tell, kids, <laughs> um, uh, we're uh, we're doing this later at night, and um, uh, yeah, we're having a drink. I'm having a, I'm having a whiskey. He's having a wine, and we're gonna figure this stuff out. Now, I honestly, if you ask me. I'm supposed to be a well-informed individual because I, I contribute to this political podcast, right? I'm supposed to know what's going on and I'm supposed to have my finger on the pulse. And honest to goodness, the last four or five days work has been so busy. And then my personal life has so been, been so busy with catching up because I've been working insane. I have no idea what's going on. I've not watched the news. I did get to see, I didn't even get to see the, the whole match yesterday. I saw clips from the match with Emma and, uh, and uh, Layla. Uh, in the U.S. Open, and I saw Layla's speech, which I thought was incredible, and uh, I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be a great tennis star, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep. I really yep, do. Yep. 
So yeah, our Canadians just really proud of the U.S. Open. Me, me too. My week was really crazy, not because necessarily of work, even though there, you know, there was a little bit of that, but, um, but between getting the house ready and just, you know, just running around, things were at times such that, and I kept on getting thwarted this week for some reason. I kept on going places that were supposed to be open and then I would get there and then they were not open. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're planning your route. You know, I got to do this, do that, do that. So I'm going to do this in this order. And you go to the first place and it's closed and you go to the second place. It's closed and you're looking at the time streets on the door and says, it's supposed to be open, but, but they're closed. There. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. This, is, this has been happening to me all week. So I've been doing things two or three times. And of course, you know, I've been watching, you know, Layla and Felix and mm-hmm. Gabriella mm-hmm. Dabrowski because, you know, I mean, all three of them got to semifinals and then Layla to the final. Uh, and, you know, and I, I've had to divide my loyalties between tennis and politics and yeah. I've actually chose tennis. <laughs> so I've watched some of the debates delayed. Uh, I just got finished today. I actually finished watching the English debate because I was writing down commentary, like really extensive as the debate was going for the blog site and for the, the Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the two-hour debate actually took me ended up taking me about six hours to watch that sounds about over, right yeah i tapped out I, after five minutes yeah like a lot well, of well five yeah. minutes okay i watched the first question i went holy crap mm-hmm. and then i tuned out because i i didn't like the way things were going and mm-hmm. then I, I tuned back in again for about three minutes and i'm like nope i'm out of here i can't take it it was anxiety inducing um she is probably a very accomplished individual. She is not a moderator because she was trying to, she wasn't moderating. Mm. She wasn't moderating. A moderator is like, okay, please, your, your response, your rebuttal. And she was interrupting them and telling people basically your time is up. And I'm like, but they had 12 seconds. How's that? Their time is up. It's like, it was just, it was chaotic anxiety inducing and I don't need that in my life so I had to tune out Mm -hmm. Uh, so I figured I'd get point form which I haven't done yet because I've been so busy Mm -hmm. and and again the first question was like whoa yeah I know so I thought you know okay this could be good this could be interesting right yeah yeah so here here here's what we're going to do today kids uh, given that Mr. Grizzly is not on top of things, uh, I'm just going to generally ask him to ask me what it is that he wants to know about what's going on. And we're, like I said, we're having a couple of drinks <laughs> and we'll see what Sociable. this goes. <laughs> Sociable. Uh, and we didn't say it at the beginning, but for those wondering, our recording evening is September 12th. So uh, the, uh, there have been four uh, instances on TV where leaders have gotten together with people. Uh, three of them have been in French, one of them in English, uh, which has been interesting this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and also interesting this year is that there have been no calls from anybody from any of the other parties to have additional debates in English, has been as has been the case the last two or three elections. Interesting. Uh, which was, you know, uh, and judging by O'Toole's performance in the first three <laughs> interventions in French, there was probably a reason for that. There was no clamoring for that. Um, but the first one was uh, Cinq Chefs Une Election, which was a series of, of five interviews uh, done with three journalists from the Radio-Canada side and uh, one of the leaders, 
individually with them. So there was no debating. There were, you know, individual interviews, but with a, a panel of uh, three journalists. And uh, they got into some really, really deep questions and the interviews went in deep. Um, so of the five that uh, presented there, uh, the, the liberal leader uh, had the interview that had the most meat and most substance uh, by by far. Um, uh, and uh, Mr. O'Toole uh, didn't make a very good impression, at least to me, because there was a, he seemed to have some stock lines that he rehearsed very well in French and then would just repeat them over and try, you know, add the connecting words in a sentence to come back to them. And a lot of it came down to, I have a plan to work in close collaboration with the provinces while respecting their jurisdiction. And I'm a proud of a lot of things. And uh, yeah. The, He's the poster boy. He's the jurisdiction and that kind of stuff, but nothing really substantial. He's the poster boy for white men failing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's my personal so, opinion, P personal opinion, because but, mm. <laughs> we have the, he had the whole like man with the plan, right? Which is mm -hmm. when he released his platform because well, during the first three interventions in French, he kept on saying, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. That's why I have a plan. That's why I have a plan. What is it? And Ashe was, well, yeah, was pretty much mocking him along the way, you know, sort of like, well, you know, what is this plan? Because I went with my contract with Quebec. So what is this contract? Who just sat across the table from you when you negotiated it? Who signed it? Who was your interlocutor? <laughs> it wasn't me. You keep saying you have a contract, but <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, you had the three interventions in French. There was the TVA debate and then the, the, the one with the media consortium that we usually have our French debate. Uh, those three happened. Uh, and then we had the, the debate in English. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the week was very busy politically with that. I mean, these happened all, I think, between August 29th and September 9th. Mm -hmm. Put them all together, so they happened in rapid succession. Um, Bernie, of course, wasn't invited to any of them. Uh, Enemy Paul was invited to all of them except for the TVA debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I heard uh, she made a comment about how she felt everybody should be invited to the table, mm -hmm. including Maxim. Uh, she didn't uh, state I, his name. She didn't state his name, but what I heard was she said, I think all uh, parties should be invited to the table. I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't have, no, uh, that didn't, I didn't see that or note, make note of that particularly in any of the debates or the discussions uh, on that. Um, so, uh, a footnote, you know, right? <laughs> it's a barely a footnote. <laughs> overall, overall, you know, when we got to the, the, after the first debate, the TVA debate. So we had the, the five questions on the TVA debate, and those were two very, uh, they were very close. And they had happened by the time we had done our recording on our last show, right. but we didn't get into them. Um, and uh, like I said, what was really interesting about the TVA debate when they were all done and was interesting about the French debate, actually, is that uh, this is probably the French debate uh, with the best quality of French from all five leaders together. Oh, really? Is that Ontarian? I, I can say that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. O'Toole uh, had good French and good enough French to be understood fairly clearly mm -hmm. when what he said, but he had 
limited ability to jump in and intervene. Um, He has the strategy in English that when somebody is trying to make a good point, that's going to make him look bad. He starts talking over them so that the point can't be heard. Which I hate because that's not a debate. That's, That's not a debate. No. No. It's like, no, no. Shut up. Wait your turn. Yes. And I just spoke over you, but (laughs) we're not debating. Yes. But that's his strategy, right? Like this in this in these styles of debate, if somebody's trying to make the point and you've got nothing, then just start Mm -hmm. droning over them before they can actually make the point. So he was trying to do that in French, but he had to give up after two attempts because he didn't have the vocabulary and the nimbleness. (laughs) <laughs> to be able to do it. Uh, Anime Paul's uh, French is quite good. Very good, yes. Uh, uh, and uh, Jagmeet Singh is also quite good. And uh, while um, it's very interesting, I think Mr. O'Toole worked very much on vocabulary mm-hmm. uh, for the things that he needed to say. Mm-hmm. It seemed to have a good vocabulary, but uh, Mr. Singh, even though sometimes he was missing the vocabulary, uh, uh, understood the color and the texture of the language right? to be able to communicate uh, more. Uh, he was more Quebecois than Aaron O'Toole, who was born in Montreal, if you have to say that, in, in this manner <laughs> of delivering, in his manner of connecting, right. uh, and the emotional intelligence that he used with the language. Um, so that was uh, that. In terms of like quality of French, we were quite well served compared to many other debates, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting. Sometimes it's it's not here, neither here nor there, but it's just an interesting fact because almost everybody makes a comment about the quality of the French at some right. point along the way. Um, uh, and uh, yeah. The the things were pretty good. They, they were building with the first two French to French interventions, and uh, Trudeau had uh, done very well, and basically had had by far done the the best. Uh, because uh, for Monsieur Blanchet, who also has the biggest advantage in French, along mm-hmm. with Trudeau. Um, He's been uh, his uh, campaign has been very listless. Uh, there's been uh, lots he of wants no part of arrogance. He wants hmm? no part of this. Yes, he's not interested of, at all. Yeah, I know. But there's been a lot of accusations of arrogance, particularly with his body language. Oh. Uh, you know, along um, along the campaign stops, uh, and there's really been no issue for him to sink his teeth into whatsoever. Uh, in this election, because everybody's pretty much going along with what Lugo was saying on Bill 21 and Bill 96, because he happens to be the most popular premier at the moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's afraid that he'll give his blessing to one party and sway the election, which he did do mm-hmm. after uh, the French debate, uh, basically uh, swung uh, his support behind O'Toole, because he says basically O'Toole will you know, interfere the least in provincial jurisdiction, despite the fact that he stands for everything opposite, opposite? of everything yeah. else that Lugo stands for. It's bizarre. Environment, vaccine, passports, and whatnot. So it seemed very weird. So I don't know if that was a play to try to depress, depress the block vote in the Quebec City area where the, where conservatives are stronger mm-hmm. or whether that was a slap in the face to Trudeau immediately after getting $6 billion <laughs> commitment get, for daycare yeah i don't get it i don't get it like i can't tell on this one quebec politics is, is a little weird there mm-hmm. um 
Well, at, at, to just back things up about how weird Quebec politics are. They ban the burqa, right? It's illegal to wear the burqa now. If you're caught out in public without a mask, you get a fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just hilarious to me. He's covering, right? Right? <laughs> you can't be in a public place without a mask on. Burkas oh. are not allowed. What? I, I, I guess a burqa is ostentatious. I guess I'd like, look, on honestly, uh, in all honesty, I, I don't care for the burqa, but if, if, if a woman wants to wear one, that's her choice, not mine. And I don't have any say in it. Do I care for them? No. Hijab? Love hijab. I've seen a ton of women with hijabis. It's like, it's like a hijab, a nun's habit. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same well, that's thing. The, that, that's the beauty of Canada is the, if you're not supposed to be forced to wear it. Right. Not okay. But, but you're not supposed you to be forced so to devout, not wear it either, right? Right. But if you're so devout that you wish to wear it on your own, and yes, while it's something I can't personally understand or relate with, like this, knock you yourself don't out. Judge my wish, I won't judge yours. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like, who's hurting? Yeah. You're not hurting anybody. You're not taking food off anybody's plate. You're not giving anybody cancer. No one is being harmed. So, you know, let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the live and let live. I like to be naked. I can't do that because I'd get arrested, but I like to be naked. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> oh, even my mother will laugh about that one because she's like, oh no, when you're a little boy, I'd, I'd get you all dressed up. You go out to the playground, you take your clothes off, fold them nice and neatly and go down the slide buck naked. <laughs> I go, what? I like being naked. <laughs> So uh, uh, the first two debates, things were pretty were pretty much fine. Uh, but you know, Mr. Trudeau uh, had probably done himself the best. Mr. O'Toole couldn't really sell himself other than saying, "I have a plan." So it didn't look like he was going to really go far. His big ploy was uh, support for a third link between Quebec City and the town of Livy. Um, mm -hmm. There. Uh, they're looking for another bridge or a I tunnel or something tunnel, of that sort. Right? And he's already like pre-committed before there's an environmental study or anything that the federal government <laughs> will be there with 40% of the cash. But of course, the quebec Levy region, it happens to be the same area where the Conservatives happen to have their 10 seats in Quebec. So really, this is a vote-buying thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but that was, that was about the major stuff that, that happened after the first two, you know, like this. But it was very clear that one person was offering some substance and some meat and was, you know, offering fulsome answers and, you know, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, defending himself quite well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we were talking about, you know, some of that passion, some of that vigor that came after the incidents in Bolton, uh, you know, that was carrying through into the yeah. debates that passion that vigor you know toned down a bit because you know the events hadn't just happened mm -hmm. but the core of that flame was there uh so he performed well um uh and you know looked like he wanted it and uh you know and and had showed up for it and was prepared and and all that so you know no knockout punches no nothing mm -hmm. but you know clear distinctions you know if you were minimally fair-minded had started to establish itself themselves right. Well, I did see I did see his commentary when he was it was one clip that was posted uh, online, um, and it was uh, a individual because I'm not going to call them a reporter or a journalist from um, 
an organization whose name I don't even want to say. It starts with an R, mm-hmm. ends with an L. I mm-hmm. don't even want to say the name. I don't want to give them any airtime whatsoever. They're like, why, why, do, why did we have to fight and court challenge to get here and, and, and you tried to block us? And he goes, it's not up to me. It's up to the, the, uh, the consortium of journalism. It's their decision, not mine, number one. Number two, you're not journalists. You're not a news organization. You spread hate. You spread anti-vax. You spread inf- misinformation. Like he really tore into them. And I was like, that is a leader. Yep. Yeah. That's leadership. And, yeah. And what you're talking about is the scrum that happened after the yes. end of the first official uh the first official national debate in French. Um, and that debate was really interesting because um, it was because, you know, you caught the one in English, right? And you tuned out after five minutes. The I one in French was it. quite different. Same format, same everything. This, But there actually was some time. So proper to, moderator. Yeah, proper moderator, you know, and not inherently biased questions. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, um, because of the lack of ability, I guess, of certain of the leaders to be able to jump in because the quality of their French uh, made for a slightly calmer event. And the event was actually rather boring Mm -hmm. uh, until we got to about the 92nd minute. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about well into an hour and a half into it. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that may have tuned out and surely they've seen the clips on it. But Monsieur Blanchet uh, led in uh, to led into Trudeau um, about uh, he went into the whole Quebec thing, and one of the things that uh, that Blanchet does, as we've commented before, is that he basically makes himself the ambassador of the National Assembly to Parliament. So whatever the National Assembly votes mm-hmm. on unanimously, you know, or is or very predominantly, he goes to Ottawa and says like, you know this is our right as a nation. You need to give that to us. Basically, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his job this is what he does or the way he sees his job. Um, and because he's had no issue in this campaign uh, throughout uh, the first debate and the second debate, there's been this um, ideologues often will resort to a narrative of humiliation. Mm-hmm. This to rally people around, right? If you look at uh, uh, the big terrorist cells in the Middle East, right? It's a story of 2,000 years or plus of humiliation from the West, right? Or, or whatever. It's uh, if you look at, uh, and if you look at uh, Alberta, for example, mm-hmm. the conservatives in Alberta, it's like the national energy policy and all that kind of stuff. But it's this yeah, call take it the story humiliation and victimization and you know, being set upon. Well, this has been the whole thing. His big theme has been about uh, respecting provincial jurisdiction like this, and particularly on long-term care is usually how he goes, how he enters into it, but also on health in general is, uh, you know, why should there be national standards for the money that the national government puts in you know, like this? Is there anybody in Canada that has better ideas than Quebec? You know, are the norms in Canada? Canada better than norms in Quebec and mm-hmm. you know like this and you know it's this thing right like these people over there are not letting us be maître chez nous which is a callback to the 70s masters right. in their own house right right, right. yes I like this 
So, exactly so he goes into this, this, this inferiority complex thing, right? Like this, why are we not good enough? Why are we not this, you know, why do you think you're better than us? Um, that type of thing. Uh, so, and the flip side of that is a bit of an imperious uh, professorial mode that he goes into in which he is the one that's going to be telling you how things are going to work in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Right. And often in the French debates, he often gets so pompous and arrogant with that, that he often takes on the co-moderating duties with the moderator. (laughs) If you're watching his behavior, because he's very comfortable. Um, So, uh, but it's, you know, and uh, in uh, 2019, I had made the comment that while I found uh, this behavior a little haughty and arrogant, Mm -hmm. um, I had to admit that I wasn't minding it so much because it was Andrew Shearer who was getting bopped on the nose a lot. Yeah, so we (laughs) looked the other way. He got destroyed. No, I mean, I knew that this, I mean, and and it's bit him in the butt since, like since becoming leader, Mm -hmm. right? All his personal problems have come basically from that attitude. Uh, But he went in there with uh, that, uh, that attitude that, you know, I'm going to tell you like this and basically, you know, I speak, you know, Trudeau, you don't speak for Quebec like this. I do, you know, like this and Trudeau just, just launched in, you know, it's like what you keep on forgetting is that I am a Quebecer, Mr. Blanchett. (laughs) I can say just as much as you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And, and I have my word to say. And there are seven, you know, and there are seventy-eight MPs that are elected to the parliament who also speak for Quebec. Right? It's not just you, and it's not just your vision. Um, Bit of a beatdown. Yeah, but it was a smackdown mm-hmm. like this, uh, and it uh, had the same uh, fire and passion as the smackdown of that journalist from that organization that shall not know, be named <clears throat> ever. Yep. Oh, that's good yeah. because you know what? When I I like I like angry Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when when he gets passionate about a subject, yep. he emanates his father. Yep. Have you noticed when he speaks about something he's passionate about? Like you can really see the fire in his eyes. It's like. Yep. He's like his father in this sense. Whether you love him or hate him, you can't disagree with the fact that the man is delivering an off-the-cuff speech without, he's not, um, er, er, uh, no, he's just bang, 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 point, 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 point. He's hitting on all eight cylinders. He's not Mm -hmm. missing. And again, you don't have to agree with him. You can disagree with him. You can hate the man if you want. Although... I find there's a lot of weird hatred towards him, but whatever. The man, when he is passionate about a subject, he doesn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't. Yep. There's yep. no there's no stumbling, there's no grumbling. He's point, 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 bang on. Yep. That I respect in a leader. And what was that I read in an article the other day, a couple of days ago? Uh, I just read a few lines of it because I was in a rush to get somewhere. And it was an American journalist who said, Canada would be foolish to replace a currently seasoned uh, mm-hmm. politician like Justin Trudeau for Trump light with Aaron O'Toole. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, no kidding. The man's been on the world stage since 2015. Yeah. Guided us through COVID. Again, people are going, well, he did. I go, look, man, 
I don't know about you, but most people I know got through COVID because of the progressive policies adopted by that party. Yeah. And again, I need to say this again so people understand. I have not voted liberal in a federal election since 1993. Yes. So. To be honest about, right, it's it's that, that thing about looking at only at what was not done, but not counting what was. Yeah. Well, you promised this. The one that kills me is people, you promised first past the post would end. Yeah, he did. And then he took a poll and everybody says, no, we like it. Don't end it. Okay. So they're mad at him because he didn't end something that nobody wanted them to end. Yeah. Well, my favorite one is that all four of them are sitting there double vaxxed. Mm-hmm. Claiming that he doesn't follow through on anything and doesn't achieve anything. Uh, Hello? <laughs> Well, and then, of course, you've got um, uh, uh, Mr. O'Toole said the other day, I will ensure that our Minister of Health is double-vaxxed. Pardon? How is yeah. that even and, a thought? And you don't, you don't well, because he was asked it, for asked it in the debate in French, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, would you, uh, and there was something else he was asked about, you know, like this, would you, but, you know, it's like, would you require that your Minister of Health be double-vaxxed? And he didn't answer anything, and then the next day he did. And it was like, and the first thing that went through my mind is like, if I was a conservative from the conservative party and a liberal had said that, I guess it would have been, oh, but what about merit? Yeah, 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 yeah. What about all the people that are not double vaxxed who could be maybe more competent to be minister? <laughs> right. Well, and, and isn't oh, wait, there, it's not about merit anymore. Isn't there somebody <laughs> campaigning right now who has only had one shot and they're going into LT, uh, long-term care homes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One shot going into long-term care homes, not staying six feet apart. What the hell? Yeah. Like. <sighs> yep, 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 yep. yep. That's, but that's where... Uh, it was, it was a comment I made, um, and I know I'm strained a bit from the debates, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's become evident in the debates, you know, that after the first two interventions, I said, we are now arriving at the point in the election campaign where all of Aaron O'Toole's multiple personalities cannot coexist, and some of them are going to have to fight <laughs> to the death to eliminate each other. I'm laughing because you're dead bang on the truth there, sir. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come right back, and we'll get right into this. Kids. It's your eager beaver here, and I am just so happy that so many of us have gotten vaccinated, that we're doing what we need in order to you know, protect ourselves from COVID, not spread it, and stop it from mutating, because it's really important that we do that. 70% of us have gotten our first shot, and over 56% of us have gotten our second. This is good. This is really good. Canada's really going for the gold. But about 6 million of us are still unvaccinated. Who are eligible and everybody in Canada who is 11 years of age and younger is still not vaccinated. So we're not done yet. Mr. Grizzly? Well, you know, science is your friend. Talk to your doctor if you have concerns. And for those who have probably read something on social media somewhere or seen something in a video of a YouTube or something of that sort telling you that there's metal in the uh, vaccine or that it's an experiment that was rushed to market just to you know try and handle the pandemic i can tell you unequivocally that is not true there's no 5g chip there isn't because that technology doesn't exist to insert into a human being through a vaccine number one there is no metal in the vaccine number two and it's not new remember sars in toronto about 17 18 years ago 
almost 19 years ago now? That was a coronavirus. This is SARS-CoV-2. It's a variation of the same thing. They have been researching diligently for almost 20 years with the latest state-of-the-art technological, scientific, and medical advances. Do not worry about the vaccine from that standpoint. It is completely safe. I myself, fully vaccinated, and I'm allergic to everything there is under the sun. So if I had the uh, strength and lack of fear to get this, I was actually quite excited to get the vaccine. Please, if you are doubting yourself, just talk to your doctor. They know best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's a matter of culture, talk to someone that you know and that you trust. Absolutely. That has received the vaccine. I know that there's a lot of people that are still hesitant and, and many for very valid reasons. And that is okay. But please, please, please. The Delta variant is 1.8 times more communicable and especially in close settings. And there are such things as breakthrough infections. If you're around anyone 11 years of age or younger, the elderly, someone who's immunocompromised, or someone who can't take the vaccine for a legitimate medical reason. Yeah, you run the risk of uh, making somebody else sick, and I know nobody wants to do that, right? Yeah, so please, 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 please do what you need to do to keep the tribe alive. Hell yeah. And we're back. Hello again. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) uh, like I was saying before, um, uh, we've gotten to the point in the election where Aaron O'Toole's multiple personalities can't all coexist in the same body. And uh, that started with the French TVA debate when the prime minister, which was probably the moment of the debate, uh, landed one hard on Aaron O'Toole on his uh, gun policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, because he was stating that he would uh, not, during the, de- the debate, would not reverse the firearms ban, uh, the automatic weapons fire- firearms ban. And Trudeau said, yes, you will. It's written right in page 90 of your platform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Aaron O'Toole kept on maintaining that it wasn't. And then after all the debate was over, he thought, says, oh, I thought you were talking about the 1997 or something like that firearms ban. This, But in his policy thing he was talking about specifically the 2017 order in council or mm-hmm. whatnot that mm-hmm. took out the automatic weapons like the r15 and the one used at polytechnic S- college semi-auto right like this so then they had to make an addendum to the policy which has caused a surge going mm-hmm. to the the people's party because they were polling at about two or three percent and they're polling about six or seven nationally now in, in some provinces certain polls has them at have them at 10 or 11. so he's you know he's flip flop he's up all over the place on climate change which mm-hmm. doesn't make the base happy he's flip flopped on guns which doesn't make the base happy and what didn't help on your tool is that some people from the gun lobby then sent messages the next day which were captured on screen cap saying don't worry don't worry he's just saying this we've got him yeah. which led to accusing you know O'Toole of make of having you know special deals and secret deals which Blanchet also helps with by you know suggesting that O'Toole is having you know two different discussions saying in one thing in one area and one thing in another mm-hmm. which 
you know, Blasha pointed out in the English debate by said, I would kindly offer some of my time to Mr. O'Toole to explain to English Canadians that he said in French the other night that there will be no Energy East pipeline on the Quebec territory. <laughs> and O'Toole, of course, took a pass on taking that time. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why that is. Uh, but funny enough, that type of issue. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I won't go to that because I'm jumping all over the place if I do that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, O'Toole is, has been reversing himself a lot. And the two new reversals that we have found out because O'Toole decided to release his costing right before the English debate. And we were having a discussion earlier about whether his costing mm-hmm. would work, right? That he, there would be no costing coming because it wouldn't work. And then he said, oh, he did have costing. Okay, well, that's interesting. Well, we found out why it worked. O'Toole has been talking since the beginning of this campaign of this $60 billion that he's going to be investing in healthcare for the next 10 years, over the course of the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, the way he made his costing work is that not more than $3.6 billion of that is going to be dispersed within the first five years. So you have to vote for him uh-huh. and you have to vote for him again to start getting a little bit over three, close to 3.6 billion. And then you have to vote for him a third time before you get to 60. Yeah. That's, I believe that we call that racketeering, don't we? Yeah. And then in the English debate yesterday, Mr. Blanchet launched it casually and nobody picked up on it, but Myers just like went up like, <laughs> and it was, the 6% escalator that he's been promising, that stable, predictable funding for mm-hmm. every year. Well, that no longer, like his housing thing, where they're not going to start, they're going to start within three years rather than finish within three years. This will not happen until after three years. So for the first three years, it will be 3.5%, not six. Yeah. And that's so how he made the costing work. Basically, he's bullshitting. Yes, but he's still out there saying predictable 6% every year and 60 billion. He's a I'm biting my tongue. Okay, these are flip-flops worthy of like a Cirque du Soleil tumbling pass. He's a freaking liar. He's an outright bald-faced liar. He's lying to the Canadian people just to get in power because then he's going to hand over billions to his wealthy friends. And in the first two in the interview in the first debate, he made like he'd had no idea what was going to happen to the $6 billion that was signed in a deal to Quebec for the daycare, you know, because the other provinces had signed deals. But since the Quebec already had done it, they were just going to get money in exchange for what they had done mm-hmm. to compensate for the last 25 years. Uh, and he kept on making believe like there was, you know, He's going to help everybody and there's some type of thing. But when the costing finally came out, it was very clear that that money was not going to flow. So he pretended like he didn't know in the first two debates so as to not give an answer to try and keep his poll numbers up in Quebec, which he was doing relatively well compared mm-hmm. to other people. He, might, he was looking at maybe gaining two or three seats from the 10 that they have there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm- he's, he's not going to be given the money. I'm mad. I'm mad because people are swallowing his lies Mm -hmm. and they're going to listen to him and think they're going to hear what they want to hear and not realize that you're going to get screwed again. Yeah. And uh, as I've stated a million times before, I am not leaning towards any particular political party, but I am definitely telling people to lean away from the reformicons. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they will harm the average Canadian citizen. Period. They will. Yeah. 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 
They will. Uh, then you have Mr. Singh, ironically, has the same problem as Mr. O'Toole. Mm-hmm. And also on pipelines. But his problem is with TMX. Such a disappointment. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been noticing is that uh, Mr. Singh's been getting a big boost from the media. And, you know, for the first, at least the first three weeks of the campaign has been being treated as if, you know, he was essentially the prime minister or the leader, at least on the progressive side of the spectrum. He's in for a surprise. Right. Uh, But for all that boost and for all his likability, his polling numbers have not gone up. It's been essentially flatlined and they're starting to go down a little now throughout the whole campaign. He got a big boost before the campaign, which still looks like he might emerge with 12 seats more or about than he came in. But if we're looking at that 36, it's been pretty much flatlined for, for the entire election. So for all his efforts, there's been no love. And the issue may be on this one is TMX. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, 2019, he wouldn't say, he wouldn't take a position on it because, you know, Notley's in Alberta and and all that kind of stuff. And he doesn't share her position because she supports the pipeline. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in this election, you know, a lot of the talk of the buzz before the election was how he was doing so well with young Canadians, the youth vote and, you know, Canadians 30 and under. Well, they're bold, right? They take very strong positions. You know, they're connected with the world. They're informed. They know how to search the web. They know, you know, they're, they're more media literate on stuff like gaslighting and that type of stuff. Right? Very much so. And um, he's not telling them and he's sidestepped every opportunity now for three years, you know, and the basic thing is that you hear it sometimes from other candidates. There's inter- I saw heard, heard an inter- a clip of an interview uh, on the radio with a candidate somewhere, an NDP candidate, and you know the basically line is seems to be, "I've never supported the project, but we may have to envision envision a future in which it's operational." Essentially, we've spent so much money and we've gone too far now that mm-hmm. it would be Tobacco a waste not to yeah. operationalize it. But he won't say it. Well, I can tell you from what I have heard from uh, friends and colleagues who have uh, teenagers, uh, some of them are of voting age. He was going after the TikTok crowd, right? He's lost them. Yeah. And, and what, what, what a lot of people fail to understand because they maybe see themselves... And I'm not painting him in this, okay? Please understand this one. I'm not painting him as an elite. He is. But I'm not painting him as an elite. <laughs> but, it, well, I mean, come on. I mean, really. But the TikTok yeah. kids, um, you cannot pull the wool over their eyes. No. They are well-informed. Very well-informed. These Look. kids are smart. They know what's going on. Don't, if you think, Oh, I'll just tell them whatever they want to hear. Oh, are you in for a surprise? Because guess what? We had a Donald Trump event. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. These kids are so well-informed because they read multiple, you know, it's like when I hear about boomers who only watch Fox News or something else, I'm like, who the hell? What? That's not the boomer generation I knew of. My mm-hmm. parents 
would watch multiple news sources to try and get, you know, discern the information. They were well informed. I had to read the newspaper when I was a kid. Like I had to. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a chore, right? Yep. And now you've got boomers who only want to get into the regurgitating echo chamber of bias confirmation, hearing the same thing over and over again. And there are some Gen X kids who, actually, I don't know any Gen X kids who do that, to be honest. I'm sure there are some, but I don't know of any because most of the Gen X kids I know are like us. We're all just, we don't give a damn. We're going to read what, we're going to read from everybody and form our own opinion. Nobody's going to form an opinion for us. We're the latchkey generation. Even though I wasn't a latchkey kid because, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. But Gen X is kind of like, yeah, whatever. We're going to do what we're going to do. The boomers are, are suddenly just watching Fox News. And again, I'm just using that as an example. And the millennials, well, they're just hoping to get a job. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gen Z's going like, I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20. I know what the hell is going on because I've been paying attention since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And they yep. are going to swing things in a way that, and nobody's polling them, by the way. Because mm. can I ask you? Nope. <laughs> they, like literally, nope, you don't get my opinion. Screw you. You'll find out at the ballot box. So I think we're in for a big surprise. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I really don't. I really no. don't. I, I, I sincerely hope the cons don't get elected because I just heard that O'Toole said he would let the provinces decide which way they want to go on a woman's right to make a choice about her health. Oh, God. Just so he, so he wants to go United States, states' rights type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, my, if he's doing that, then my, my Canadian political spidey senses tells me that they have internal polling and I will explain for our listeners because a lot of listeners always, you know, rag on polling Mm -hmm. and there's the polling that we have and then there's the internal polling that the parties have and trust me that the internal polling that the parties have is way more in-depth and way more you know yes. granular than than that what we get and they spend a lot of money on it and they would not be spending a lot of money on it if polling was crap trust me <laughs> oh, no a lot of money. Uh, so my spidey senses tell me is that they've received internal polling numbers that tell me that they're about to enter a free fall mm-hmm. and if we look uh uh, you know what? I'm going to set that aside. I'll get back to that. Okay. Like this, but I need to get back to the polling numbers. Sorry, go um, ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I remind me that you. because this this is very important. Um, so uh, that that was the thing uh, I noticed about Mr. O'Toole uh, with the flip flops and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's being in trouble with Mr. Singh, which was really interesting. Uh, is that it dawned on me while I was watching the English debate that Mr. Singh, what he's doing is he's lifting the 2015 Trudeau Sunny Ways campaign. Yes, he is. He's trying to be that sunny guy mm-hmm. and he's, you know, and he's going around and he's trying, you know, trying to do the EQ thing. Trudeau can't do that now, right? He's been prime minister twice and he's yes. seen things, right? He's lived through Trump. He's seen to COVID, you know, he's lived through COVID, you know, he, he's matured. He's grown into the job. He can't be. He's the, a seasoned the, politician now. He genuinely is. Yes. But Singh can still do that. Yes. Right. Uh, but the problem is, is that unlike the Sunny Ways campaign, 
like right right down to stealing the slogan better as, as possible mm-hmm. right because and you know i think in a previous call show i made something like they don't realize how much they want to be him <laughs> like adopting someone's campaign slogan from two campaigns ago like this and their mm-hmm. campaign strategy and whatnot that's pretty much trying to be him the problem is is you know as we've noted noted his has been a campaign of ruthless and merciless and incessant character assassination. Mm-hmm. He forgot to bring the sun. Yes, yes, yes. It's just all these lies. It, I've been uh, so and, disappointed. And it's very disappointing. And then you have O'Toole on the other side, who's O'Toole in, in the English debate at one point actually like, like, shed a layer of skin or whatnot or i don't know what it is but whatever his personality Revealed was done his and all self. Of a sudden he had adopted jagmeet singh's personality uh, accusing the prime minister of not having done anything and you know and bemoaning this and that and i was like who are you <laughs> uh and then uh the top one was uh, yesterday, uh, when uh, O'Toole tried to do the same trick to Trudeau that he had did it to him on the French debate by citing the page number when you know O'Toole had clearly reversed himself on guns, mm-hmm. and O'Toole went full out. Uh, so this is a repeat of the last campaign when the Conservatives were just started to say out of the blue that the Liberals were going to raise the GST. When nobody had ever mentioned that, there's never like this, been anything. This is the same thing again. They came back with the the, uh, the liberals are going to tax the your capital gains on the sale of your primary home, or something like this. So, you know, complete fabrication, right? And then the, you know, O'Toole tried again. Oh, it's on. Yes, you are. It's on page fourteen, like this. But like as opposed to the French debate where the moderator turned around and says, uh, "Yeah, that's confirmed. It is on page 90. None of that happened, and it just mm-hmm. it just womp womped. So you're like again. Aaron O'Toole tried to be Justin Trudeau, the Justin Trudeau of like September 2nd, right. <laughs> just one week before this. And well, Trudeau wore it better. <laughs> well, how so, difficult is that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it was really lame. Um, the surprise uh, in the English debate uh, for me ended up being uh, enemy Paul uh, in the last hour. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, it was terrible again, and as was the case for all of our interventions, the the body language was all wrong. Uh, there, uh, I know that a comment that is often made about women that is unfair in politics is that they're not warm. Um, but there was, you can, it was in the body language. You can tell that almost like the face and the head was pulled back that she was pulling away from the camera, mm-hmm. uh, which creates distance. Uh, but somewhere in the, the last hour, uh, her, her, she just relaxed and mm-hmm. started to get into it and started making some really good points uh, and substantive points. And uh, even uh, she was not being aggressive, so trying to cut off, cut people off but every now and then she found a unexpected lull and just slid in uh, to say something uh and even at one point you know we got to see that she actually does have a sense of humor because i mean let's face it she's had a rough go of it a very uh, rough go of it so very little opportunity to smile or laugh or yes. you know 
you know, let her guard down in any way. Uh, but that did happen. Uh, and from the moment that that happened, there was more animation in her face mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the, the traits and the tension in her body. That, that was very visible, relaxed. Uh, and uh, it's almost, it's a shame that we didn't get to see more of that. Earlier. The real person, yeah. I did, I did see a clip of that the other day and I went, oh, hey, that's, that's not what we've been, the picture we've been painted that's exactly. been delivered to us for quite some time, right? And I remember when she was first uh, ascended to that position, I'm like, I saw her interviewed, I saw her speaking, and I thought, okay, this could be good for the Green Party. Intelligent, articulate, well-spoken, uh, sense of humor, the whole bit. Like, I liked her when she first got in, and then, you know, stuff happened yeah. that I'm not commenting on because I just avoided it altogether because it was just a nightmare for me to get involved with. And nobody wants to hear what an old white guy has to say about it anyway. And really, it's not for an old white guy to talk about. It's not. It really mm -hmm. isn't. It's not my battle. I will sit on the sidelines, and if somebody calls me to come in and referee something or help out, I'm, I'm happy to do that. But otherwise, I'm just going to sit in the back and say, you know what, you, you guys figure this out, and if I'm needed, I'm here to be called upon. So that's why I didn't make a commentary about any of the things that took place, because I just it was just too much for me for my mental health. <laughs> right? And here was this, again, like I said, this woman that I saw when she first got in and, and the glimpse of that, I saw that clip the other night and I go, that's the person I saw when she first ascended to that position. Yeah. She has personality. She has humor. She has character. I think this could be a very good leader, a very good move for the Green Party. And then all the weirdness happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that her debate performances may have done well enough uh, to help the party retain the two seats. I think so. Have. I think because so. Polling has been showing throughout the entire election that Miss May is the only one that's about to win her seat. But to, uh, recently, the polling in uh, Nanaimo Ladysmith, which is the writing that Paul Manley holds, mm -hmm. started to get closer and closer. And today, um, he's. Uh, edged out uh, the other two candidates in the polling, according to 338.canada.com, mm -hmm. uh, to lead in that writing. Now it's very close. It's something like 27, 28, and 29 between the top three candidates. Uh, but he was leading by a lot at the beginning of the campaign and then plunged the third of the three major candidates and is now back on top. So there's been a swoop. Uh, and she has been getting good buzz from it. So that may be enough uh, mm -hmm. to keep those two seats. Well, time will tell, but you, yeah, it it could be, it could be. Um, so, Mr. Grizzly, uh, I think that this is a good point to stop on this episode. Okay, uh, and we'll have something uh, coming up very soon afterwards because we have more to say. So, we'll, but we'll put it in another episode for our kids. Sounds great to me, sir. All right. So, with that, uh, we will uh, check out for now, kids. And uh, we thank you for having joined us. Uh, it's nice for us to be a little more lighthearted than we were in our previous episode because mm -hmm. uh, things were getting quite concerning and uh, rather ugly. And uh, yeah, it was time to just take a time out and make sure that... Uh, I had emotions. Know, yeah, that we were good with our souls. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so uh, if you've got some feedback for us, we would love to hear it because we love hearing from you. Uh, and we have been getting some feedback that I hopefully will read on a future show. Um, if you've got bribes to be on the show, some constructive criticism, some gentle corrections, if we got anything wrong, or uh, some stories about how it is that you are going to plan your vote. And I asked our kids on our blog page how they're going to do that. And uh, there's lots of response. And a lot of people that said that they have voted already uh, because the polls are open. So uh, and voting tomorrow. So that's uh, wonderful. And that uh, it makes me it makes me happy to hear that, uh, you know, that our kids are getting out there and uh, doing democracy. Yes. Yes. So you can do all of that on our Facebook blog page at the True North Eager Beaver or at True Eager on Twitter. And if you really like this odd cat podcast, please tell your friends. They can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. And if you really like this podcast, well, and you want to encourage us to do more, we do work for tips and we appreciate them. Uh, feel free to buy, uh, well, let's say a, a whiskey <laughs> for like a whiskey. Uh, the Grizzly here or a uh, a nice uh, glass of uh, Shiraz for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. That's ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver, eager beaver all in one word and in small letters. Uh, from the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there. So be kind and gentle with yourself. And uh, Mr. Grizzly, some words of wisdom? Well, in, in, in this challenging, bizarre time that we're living in currently, COVID-19, global pandemic, we just witnessed the 20th anniversary of the seven, uh, September 11th tragedy. Mm. Take stock of everything in your life that is really important to you. And I don't mean something like your car or your house. I mean, your family, your friends, the people that you love. Take stock of those people. And by that, I mean be grateful for them and let them know how much you love and care for them because no one here gets out alive, man. Mm. True, true. Yeah, I agree. I got nothing more to add to that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Take care. The true North. Pardon? Take care. Take care. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver, Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Copy written by nobody. We won. We won it. We working it. I don't know how that works. Anyway. Random. (laughs) Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. And thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And uh, we'll have, uh, we're going to work on something for you uh, very soon. But we hope you enjoy this episode while we get the other one next uh, ready for you. See you later. Bye. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.